Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. Episode 30, One Man's Opinion, the podcast that is sweeping the nation. Ladies and gentlemen, we have finally made it. Looks like we made it. That's right. Sing a little Barry Manilow for you to start the show. That's the kind of mood I am in. Welcome to it. Thank you for tuning in, downloading, subscribing, liking, or disliking this podcast. Do so appreciate it. I am Jeff Mance. By the way, you can find my work. We've been ready for this day since February. Fantasyguru.com. It's not just a draft guide. It's also full season-long package. If you're in confidence pools, picking uh, game straight up, you want to know weekly rankings and projections and trades and waivers for fantasy purposes, join us over there at fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com for all things daily fantasy sports. And uh, I'm in full-on football mode. Cash game breakdown going up. Maybe by the time you hear this podcast, the DFS NFL live stream Friday nights, my Saturday night NFL chat over there at EliteFantasy.com. Check that out as well. All my sports bets. Basically, for me, it's NFL only. I NFL, very, very little college basketball during the college basketball season. But uh, you can find all my NFL bets for week one, futures for the season, prop bets, uh, my survivor pool entries as well, all at EliteSportsBetting.com. As well, follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Folks, today I'm going to jab a lot of information into this program. One thing I wanted to do on the podcast that I just haven't been able to do other places, I want to put it on tape of what I think how each division is going to go. I'm telling you what I think that there is what teams finish where, what the records are. I have projected the entire season over at fantasyguru.com. Wins, losses, points scored, every game against the spread, all of that. But I will give it to you here now as I dive in. I also am going to get to a full week one preview. This podcast on Thursdays when it goes live Thursday night usually will be after the NFL game. On Thursday, I'm going to try to get this posted immediately after the Sirius XM show. So that's the goal of what we're going with. Um, so I'm going to go through the 16 games of the NFL schedule. I'm going to go quick today. Now, it's going to be real fast throughout the court, through this one. Bang, bang, bang. Just a need-to-know basis for this. Next week, when we start getting into a flow of the weekly preview, I'll go much, much deeper much, much longer on some of these games. Probably give you an hour and a half plus of content. But this is all we have for today. So just take it. I want to go on record. Here's what I think. Here's my standings. When all is said and done, and when the 2020 NFL regular season is over, uh, AFC East will start there. I do have the Patriots winning the division. They have a record of 10-6 and six according to my model. Uh, I don't think this division is going to be very competitive. I don't think it's going to be very good. I have the Buffalo Bills in second place at 8-8. Eight and eight. Eek. Bills fans don't want to hear that. Miami Dolphins 5-11. New York Jets bringing up their rear 
at four and 12. The Dolphins are improved, but only slightly. The Bills have not really improved, play a much tougher schedule. The Patriots, I have a, I think they're going to – I'll talk about the game against Miami this week. They'll win that game. They're going to have some tough go of it. There's going to be a rocky road uh, with Cam Newton adjusting to a new offense. They've lost a lot of players there as well, but I still see them winning this division rather easily. In the AFC North, now this is the big upset probably for a lot of you listening. I have the Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Cleveland Browns winning the division at 11-5, and five, followed by the Baltimore Ravens 10-6, and six, Pittsburgh Steelers 9-7, and seven, Cincinnati Bengals 3-13. and 13. So going to be a very competitive division. I think the Browns, it's going to be a huge game for them this week against Baltimore. I do not have them winning this game. So I have them starting out 0-1. So 11-4 and the rest of the way for Cleveland. It is a pretty easy schedule outside of the division for the Browns. That improved offensive line is really the difference maker. I really love the defensive coordinator in Cleveland as well. Now, they've suffered some injuries. We've got news today about Greedy Williams being down. I'll talk about that. But Joe Woods being there coordinating that secondary and coordinating that defense, they've got the pieces. And I think the Browns make a big statement here in 2020. The AFC South, Indianapolis Colts, they win this division and they have the best record. That's right, best record in the AFC at 12-4, and four, followed by the Houston Texans, 9-7, and seven, Tennessee Titans, 8-8, eight and eight, Jacksonville Jaguars. I've gone on record with this before, 0-16. Jacksonville will not win a game in 2020. The Colts just too dominant. Both sides of the football, nobody's really that close to them. I, I think Houston could easily win 10 games. Like it wouldn't surprise me. I have them for nine, but they got a couple games in there that could go either way. So they could be a lot closer to the Colts than I'm projecting. Uh, so it comes down to a lot of that Deshaun Watson, what could the defense can do? The defense has shown it can stop good offenses for a short period of time. But then what? Then it lets the floodgates. We saw that in the game against the Chiefs last year in the divisional round playoff. The AFC West, I do have the Kansas City Chiefs winning the division 11-5 and record, followed by the LA Chargers at 10-6, and Broncos 9-7, and Las Vegas Raiders 6-10, and bringing up the rear. That means the playoff teams, number one seed, Indianapolis Colts, the number two seed, the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember, only one bye, though, this, this year. There's seven playoff teams. Cleveland Browns, third seed, the uh, New England Patriots, other division winner, the fourth seed. Other playoff teams, the Ravens, the Chargers, and the Texans. Sorry, Steelers, outside looking in. Uh, both nine and seven by the Texans technically winning that tiebreaker. So that's how I have the AFC going. Um, what I, I, the team that goes to the Super Bowl represents the Super Bowl from the AFC South or AFC will be indeed the number one seed, the Indianapolis Colts. They will go to Super Bowl. Frank Reich and, and team and Phillip Rivers finally getting a chance to play in a Super Bowl. Uh, he had to go to Indianapolis to do it, but this team is legit. It's strong. And having home field will help. Not as much this year as it does with fans and stands, but still nice to have that by. It'll still be nice to have home field advantage. And uh, 
a lot of challengers. You know, Chiefs are going to be tough. I think the Browns are tough. Obviously, the Ravens, when they don't have the number one seed, are always formidable in the playoffs. But this is going to be the Indianapolis Colts year. So that's my AFC breakdown. Now, to go to the National Football Conference for 2020, starting in the NFC East. Terrible, utterly terrible division a year ago. I don't think that's going to change. I, this is one where I really wish I could take a team out of the NFC East and plug a better team in. You look at like Steelers and Broncos and even the Rams and you know those teams all better than almost any team, even the Arizona Cardinals. That they could be better than any team in the NFC East. I have the Cowboys winning it with a 10 and six record. Now Cowboys were my Super Bowl team last year and they're, they're immensely talented or they were last year. This year they've come back down to earth and they're ripe for the pick. I don't, I don't get why the hype on the Cowboys other than this division's kind of lame, but I could tell you there are scenarios in which three different teams win this division, including the New York giants. Yeah, that's, that's the, the Cowboys layout Collins on injured reserve. They've lost Byron, uh, Byron Jones, the, the corner, uh, Sean Lee is gone. This defense has taken Robert Quinn is gone. A series of hits there. The offensive line has taken a series hit. It's everybody acts like CD lamb's going to save them. CD. That's not anything they needed. They have rookie starting at corner and, and Trayvon Diggs who's going to get thrown on relentlessly. Uh, Anthony Brown is solid, not underwhelming corner, a corner. Uh, Chidobia Wuzie, uh two years ago, real good, came back down to earth last year. Secondary kind of sucks. Vander Esch has had neck issues. I don't know. It's just this doesn't feel good. The addition to Everson Griffin really helps this defense, and it helps the secondary because now you have two pass rushers. When Lawrence was double teamed as in, in last year, two years ago, he was a beast. Last year, came back down to earth. Griffin's presence will help. All right, but that's why I got them winning division. But there's nobody else to challenge. I got the Eagles at seven and nine, the Giants at six and 10, and the Redskins, or I'm sorry, the Potatoes, the Washington Potatoes at four and 12. That's how I have that division going. It's a, it's a putrid division. The NFC North equally is putrid. Bad division. Got the Packers winning it. Um, I think the Detroit Lions are going to surprise a lot of people. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if the Lions won the division. I have the Packers at eleven and five, though. Detroit at nine and seven. Minnesota takes a big step back at seven and nine. Go take a look at the Minnesota Viking defense for a moment, folks. We it's Minnesota's one of those teams that nobody's really talking about. Right, they're one of those teams that nobody's talking about because yeah, I, I don't know why they've gone out under the radar, but they don't have a second receiver. They're relying on rookie Justin Jefferson, he's never lined up outside. Adam Thielen's been terrible lined up outside, so they have a real problem there. You know, BC Johnson used one of their two tight ends of Rudolph and Smith. Maybe they'll be strong on the ground, but the defense. They've purged both or three of their corners from last year. They, they, have, they lost Everson Griffin. They lost Linval Joseph in the middle, the run stopper. 
It's going to be the first time in maybe 15 years I can remember teams are going to be able to gash the Minnesota Vikings on the ground. And they're going to be able to score them deep. Only guy you got is Harrison Smith, the all-pro safety, who had a, a pretty down year last year. Mike Hughes, former first-rounder, has never lived up. You got Holton Hill. I have Holton Hill in my cash game breakdown. He's the worst starting cornerback in the National Football League as of right now. Jeff Gladney, their first-rounder, did not win the starting right corner job as of yet. He'll emerge eventually, but rookies get thrown at relentlessly. It's not good to start a rookie there. So the Vikings take a big step back, and then the Chicago Bears in the rear at 6-10. and 10. Enjoy Mitch Trubisky, uh, Bears fans, which, of which I'm a part. The NFC Western Division, I can't tell between the AFC and NFC West what the best division is. Probably the NFC West, because I like all four teams. Now, this is where – this is a division I may have all wrong. Everything else so far is going to be exactly right. Sure it is, but I'm hoping. I have Seattle winning 11-5. and I talked about it on the previous podcast. They travel a lot, a real lot. Five games, road games, of over 2,000 miles, including this week against Atlanta. Mm, that is – so if you're a betting person, don't bet on this division for me. or Don't bet on these records with this over and under because this is one specifically the Seahawks. I could get wrong. And if I do – it could completely sway the whole division because I got San Francisco at 10 and six, the Rams at nine and seven Cardinals at seven and nine. I think the Cardinals are going to be a lot better. Very competitive, probably sneak up and bite 40. They played 49ers tough both times last year. Could bite Seattle, could bite, you know, LA. This is a, this, that's a dangerous team. And that's why this division is going to be so damn competitive. I gave Seattle the nod because their schedule. They just have more winnable games. The 49ers take a, their secondaries in some disarray. Remember, with losing Joe Woods, their secondary coach from last year, who's the coordinator of the Browns, it's a big loss because you've got Richard Sherman, and they still don't know who's starting for them at the other corner. It's the miracle that was last year, if you guys were with me in 2018, you recall – Akella Witherspoon, Kwan Williams, those are two of the worst corners in the National Football League. Suddenly they got somehow good a year later. And a lot of that has to do with Joe Woods and his coverage schemes, his coverage maps. But they have had a very bad training camp, both of them, to the point that uh, Mosley is starting ahead of Witherspoon. At this point, Jason Brett's looming, but he's a shell of what he used to be in L.A. So the secondary, you lost the Forrest Buckner in the middle. You lose, you come, you lose your coordinators. There's some, there's regression going to happen in San Francisco as far as that defense is concerned. And that's why I think they take a step back this year. The NFC South, another good division, other than the Carolina Panthers, of course. I got the Saints at 12-4 and four winning. 10 and 6 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons 7 and 9, followed by the Carolina Panthers 5 and 11. And that's a generous 5 and 11 for Carolina. I think Carolina's offense might be all right. Don't like the offensive line at all. The defense is absolutely horrifically bad. And there's no getting around that. That's good news for high potent offenses like the Bucs, Saints, and Falcons. 
right? Those are three, uh, two win, two games against the worst defense in the NFL. Them and Jacksonville, I mean, both. You take your pick between Carolina and Jacksonville defensively. So there you go. That is my uh, – oh, you mean my Super Bowl team from the NFC for this year as well. Boy, I have the um, the Saints are the one seed. I had the Packers two, Seattle three, Cowboys four. Then I had the Tampa Bay Bucks as the five, San Francisco 49ers as the six, and Detroit Lions making it as the seventh and final seed in the NFC. My Super Bowl team, as of right now, I've got the New Orleans Saints. Ugh. That, that's a, that's a kind of a bullshit prediction, but I don't see anybody. The NFC is really wide open. We're really looking for the surprise team in the NFC. I feel extraordinarily sure of myself in the AFC. Right? Everything's sure. But like I said, the East and the North and the NFC, the divisions suck. Where the other two, West and South, are crazy competitive. It's, it's a tough projection. I'm not going to make excuses. But if you're looking for a surprise team in here, I think the Cardinals, like the Giants, those are two teams that may be a lot better than we're all thinking they may be. The Lions as well, even though I had them making the playoffs at 9-7. and seven. So uh, Colts, Saints, Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55, that's what I have. Those are my NFL predictions. If you want to make your own, remember, I don't want to hear. If you don't have a surprise team, don't tell me six weeks in when, like last year, oh, nobody said the 49ers at all. Then everyone's trying to claim, oh, yeah, I told you the defense could be legit. Bullshit, you didn't. Because I'm going to ask you, where did you say it? I'm not going to listen to your stupid podcast or your, your fucking whatever you did. I'm not going to listen. I want to know, at Jeff underscore Mans, tell me directly, this is what I think, or post it on your Twitter feed. That's fine. Or Facebook or TikTok or Instagram. I want to see it. I want you out there. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest or don't say it at all. That's the way we do business at Elite Sports, and that's the way it's always going to be. All right, so those are my season predictions for the 2020 NFL regular season. Let's get into the NFL schedule. Week number one, 16 games going on, including this game has not happened as of yet, although by the time this is uploaded and viewable or listenable to you, the game is probably in progress. So I'll put it on tape. Kansas City and Houston, I think it's going to be a much more competitive game than people think. I'm If I had to bet, I would take – the 10 points, nine and a half points with Houston. I think we can't forget Houston beat Kansas City in Kansas City week six of last year. They were up 24 to nothing on the Chiefs in the divisional round. They didn't, they weren't just beat it. They beat that piss out of them. And then, yes, Kansas City stormed back and the whirlwind and all that absolutely happened. But for a 10-point spread, that's wild to me. The over, under, I don't like in this game. It's 54 and a half. I think that's a good total. See, here's something for all you uh, NFL bettors out there. If you look at the lines for this week's games, every, and there's not one over 50. Tampa, New Orleans is currently sitting at 49 and a half. Maybe it'll reach 50 by the time. Everything else is well in the mid to low 40s. 
you're you're going to make your money betting the overs this week. Why do you do that? Well, the Rams and Dallas are 52. That's Sunday night, though. I'm at the Sunday card. He, you're going to make your money betting the overs. Why? No preseason games. None of that. All these coordinator changes, 13 new offense coordinators, 12 new defense coordinators, five new head coaches. All of this, it's very hard to how do teams scout each other? They don't. They don't really know what the opposition's going to do. And with the NFL not having to release injury updates until Friday night or any of that kind of shit, the offenses are going to be at a huge advantage. The weather is obviously very nice. Defenses are at a tremendous disadvantage at this point. So we're going to see more offense likely this week. Will we see turnovers? Will we see clunky play? I'm guessing we do. But even that, that's the thing. Even if we see shitty offense, even if it, the defenses you think, oh, a lot of times bad defense is really, that's the trick of the NFL, is really bad offense. Either way, it generates points. Either way, the overs hit. If it's real bad offense, well, over, you know, defense gets good field position and they capitalize. If defense can't get their footing, don't know what the offenses are trying to do. We got new schemes all over. New England's running with Cam Newton for the first time. How do you strategize that? 20 years of Tom Brady, now you bring Cam fucking Newton? That's a completely different animal. You're completely different offense all of a sudden. That's hard to strategize against. So bet the overs this week. I'm not touching this one, though. 54 and a half. I lean over. Two great offenses, two great quarterbacks. I lean over, but I'm not going to bet it. I would take Houston plus the points. Uh, I think it's relatively close, somewhat competitive a ball game. I think Kansas City does win the game, but a little bit closer. Um, things to look out for in this one. Really want to see what the third down role is for the Houston Texans. Is it David Johnson or does Duke Johnson come in there? If it's David Johnson, all three carries, he's got more value than I was giving him credit for. He's going to catch more passes than we thought. Uh, also want to see the injury to Braden Cooks. What happens? He is questionable for tonight. If he doesn't go, Randall Cobb becomes an amazing start, whether in a showdown for daily fantasy or you need a spot starter at a flex spot maybe for this week. Randall Cobb's a very good. This, this Kansas City secondary is no good. Kansas City defense no good. Not, not really good. Nah. They can stop to run a little bit. That's about it. They're not really good. They were just good enough last year to let Patrick Mahomes overtake him. It's a lot easier to play defense when there's, you're bringing up 50 points in divisional round games, isn't it? So uh, there you go. But Frank Clark, Chris Jones, they could stop the run. Uh, pass rush, eh, coverage, terrible. So I think Houston puts up points. I think uh, Will Fuller is an absolute lock, half to start. Uh, Randall Cobb is a sneaky start. And then all your Chiefs, thing to look out for, watch Tyree kill, man. I told you, if you own shares of Nicole Hardman, it may happen this week, may happen next week, the week after. Tyree kill has had a soft tissue issue every week of training camp so far. Okay, wait. No, he not every week. The first three weeks of training camp, he had – different one was a groin they said hamstring then an ankle ankle maybe not soft tissue but either way this guy is just constantly banged up when he goes down it's it's a uh, miko hardman time 
So there you go. Let's move on to the Sunday games. Another great one, Seattle and Atlanta. Love this from a cash game perspective. Both quarterbacks for daily, all my daily fantasy folks over there at EliteFantasy.com. You'll see my cash game right up. I like these quarterbacks quite a bit. You know, these teams have scored 47 or more points each of the last four meetings, including a playoff appearance. They played last year, and they scored their lowest total at 47. But um, that, uh, that's the game Matt Ryan was out. And Atlanta still did okay, even though Seattle had it most of the way. I like this one. I think there's – Atlanta's defense is worse than people think. Remember, they lost their top three corners this offseason. And that's not easy for a defense that uh, got absolutely destroyed the first eight games of 2019. Now you're going to come in, start first-rounder A.J. Terrell, uh, Isaiah Oliver, those are your two corners. Ugh. Moving uh, uh, Keanu Neal, who's never healthy either at safety. It's, it's no pass rush. Vic Beasley's gone. Like, I, I don't know. They could stop the run all right. That's going to be, it, you know, Grady Jarrett went healthy. Atlanta won't be as bad against the run. But I look for Russell Wilson to put up points. Love DK Metcalf. Love Tyler Lockett. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. Although everybody on these skill positions is a go. Um, don't love the tight ends though. Hayden Hurst, I like a little bit, but remember, Seattle went out. Seattle is going to be tough on tight ends, and they were back to the Legion of Boom. They got Jamal Adams, and don't forget, they went out and got Condre Diggs. He is a notorious tight end stopper. They got him late last season in a trade with Detroit. So be careful of Hayden Hurst in week number one. Jets and Buffalo. Low scoring, don't expect much offense. I have Buffalo winning this game. Uh, Jets just stink. They just stink. Buffalo will do enough. It'll be one of those sloppy, real sloppy games. I love Zach Moss. He's pretty much my number one start of this entire uh, game. Stefan Diggs has a great corner matchup. The Jets stink. Absolutely freaking stink in the secondary now without Jamal Adams. And uh, I think that Stefan Diggs will have himself one of his best games of the year. And it'll happen right here in week number one. That's it for that one. Chicago, Detroit, the Lions are going to win this going away. I wouldn't doubt if we see Foles replacing Mitch Trubisky at some point in this game as well. Um, probably won't happen this, this early. Dave Montgomery being banged up. The Lions are going to run the ball. This is what to watch for, how they handle that three-headed running game with Adrian Peterson, DeAndre Swift, and Carrion Johnson. I imagine it's going to be Carrion starting out with Adrian Peterson coming in second, Swift being third. Swift, though, by the time they run the ball, the Lions are going to run the ball a lot. And it could set up a big play for DeAndre Swift. So I don't think the touches are going to be there for him this week. But he could absolutely – this is a good matchup for him, and it's a good matchup for the Lions' offensive line that has gotten better with Vitae in there as well. The over-pursuit of the Chicago Bears' pass rushers, specifically Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, my God, you could run right at him, and you get a speedy, shifty guy like Swift, and it's a very dangerous matchup for the Bears' defense. I think it's a very good matchup for Detroit. I think Detroit wins this game rather easily, honestly. Um, 
Allen Robinson on the Bears side. I'm not even going to start Anthony Miller. Not not even going to mess with that. Montgomery's a flex start at best this week. I'm nervous about him and his hamstring in, injury or groin injury. I don't like anything on the Chicago side. Galladay starts. Marvin Jones likely should be in your lineups. Not that interested in Hawkinson here. I know he had a magical week one last year, but not going to play. Not going to play Hawkinson anywhere. Green Bay at Minnesota talked about the Vikings defense. It's a lot worse. Aaron Rodgers is such a sneaky DFS play. It's not even funny. I'm loving him and Adams paired up. Lazard is a very sneaky under the radar play, a flex option in seasonal leagues. They don't have Linval Joseph, so Aaron Jones should pop off and have himself a pretty darn good game. That's going to keep Minnesota having to throw. And what we'll find out, I can't start – I can't really start Jefferson. I definitely can't start B.C. Johnson unless you're in a real tight spot this week. But we're going to see how the Vikings receivers all sort themselves out after Adam Thielen because they're going to be forced to throw a lot in this one and we'll see how they end up implementing Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph they play a lot of 12 personnel and just use those two tight ends on the line and then maybe split them out or something you know show a run formation and then throw that may work early on but once Green Bay gets a lead I think I think Rodgers goes off I think Green Bay's offense has a pretty good game here against a very miserable Vikings defense New England, Miami, all eyes on Cam Newton, all eyes on the play calling. What does Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick have in store for Cam Newton? How much do they show week number one? They probably could beat this Miami team, no problem. There's four former Patriots starters on the defense side of the ball. There's six totals from the Patriots' past defenses on this Miami team. That's insane. That's crazy. Uh, not going to help him against Cam Newton. I really want to see if you want a dart throw, a complete super sleeper type Demir Bird. Might only catch one ball, but it could be a 45, 55 yard touchdown for him against the Miami secondary that loves to give up big plays. I could absolutely see that happening. I want to see how much they run Cam Newton out of the gate. It'll be very interesting because I think they're built, they have built this offense around him. But they also know that he's coming off of that ankle slash foot injury. And do they want to throw him right into the fire like that? I'll be anxious to see that. I'm not 100% sure. I have Cam Newton as a top 12 quarterback this week in fantasy football. So I'm much higher on him than I was for the whole season. But we got to see a lot there as well. Expect Nikhil Harry to be heavily involved in this passing attack as well. Philadelphia and Washington, be careful. Be careful. I'm in the Westgate Super Contest with my colleagues here at Elite Sports Betting. Um, boy, everybody likes Philadelphia minus five and a half points. I think it's absolutely dangerous. The Washington Potatoes defense is legit. Seven first-round picks. I've talked about it before. The addition of Chase Young. You also have Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, two very high, accomplished defensive minds in Washington. This Washington defense is going to be pretty damn good this year, all year long. Meanwhile, you've got the Eagles offensive line that's completely 
obliterated. Jason Peterson, Jason Peters had half a camp, all of which, except for last week, spent at right guard. Now he's going back to tackle where he's got hurt each of the last three seasons, protecting the blind side of Carson Wentz. Brandon Brooks is out for the year, their right guard. Miles Sanders is banged up. So is Jalen Rieger and Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffries out. I mean, there's a lot of issues here for Philadelphia. And I, the only saving grace, I don't think Washington's offense could do anything. And I don't think Philly's defense is good at all. It's actually quite bad. But I, don't think, I still don't think the, the potatoes could put up 14 points. And if they don't do that, maybe Philly covers. But I still think this is a trap type of game everybody expects philly to go in there and wax washington like they always do week one of last year washington had a commanding lead throughout that game and Wentz had to bring them back a lot of long deep passes in that game if you recall so just and oh the other thing washington ron rivera is also getting chemotherapy you've had a number of his players come out talk dedicate the game to them kind of thing. They're all rallying behind the coach at home. Boy, just a nerve wracking game to bet. I'm, I would stay away from betting that game. I'm not saying to bet Washington plus five or five and a half, whatever you can get. I'm not quite there because the offense, but I still, if the Eagles won 13 to six, maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe that happens, but it could easily be 10 to three or you know, something like that, 13 to nine type of thing. And you get really, you get caught by some junky field goal. So ugh, just don't like that one from that perspective. Um, no, I mean, play Zach Ertz, of course. I don't even, I, I'm not going to play Terry McLaurin. I know all you guys are on the plane. Darius Slay going to shadow him? Nah, I'm, that's a hard out for me. Las Vegas feels good to say that Vegas Raiders versus Carolina Panthers. This is one where it's going to get Raiders fans very excited. I think this will be a pretty high scoring game. Jonathan Abram back on defense, Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell. This defensive, the Raiders looking pretty decent. They had a Derek Carr at a real good camp. You get guys like Brian Edwards. That's going to flash right here in week one against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. I think Brian Edwards is going to, have a big game I wouldn't doubt if Henry Ruggs caught a long touchdown I don't think Ruggs is startable he's startable he's just not a top three he's not a top 36 fantasy wide receiver he could he could make a big player too in this game I think Brian Edwards is like a must start though he's, that's just how it's gonna go he's gonna be the possession type guy he could eat this is a terrible secondary in Carolina I think the rookie can do work here Darren Waller must start for Las Vegas, Josh Jacobs, and must start for Las Vegas as well. On the Carolina side, they're going to be throwing. I'm not going to use Bridgewater. I just don't trust him. But DJ Moore, I'm fine with. Uh, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, yeah. Not going to start Ian Thomas, though, with Abram back. Uh, and then you've got the other receivers, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, there in Carolina. I'm not interested in either one of these guys I kind of want to see how the playing time and the targets are going to be distributed from Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson you know from Teddy Bridgewater that's what is going to concern me the most in this game um moving on Indianapolis and Jacksonville big time AFC South matchup Colts if you're in survivor pool 
I don't like betting road teams, especially early in the season, because you never know. This one's safe as hell. Colts are going to wax the Jacksonville Jaguars right out of the stadium. It's not going to be a close game at all. Start all the Colts you possibly can consider. How about the running back situation for Indianapolis? I think you start Marlon Mack over Jonathan Taylor. That's what you got to do. Taylor is going to get some late game work. And that interests me. Interests me from a seasonal and from a daily perspective. But we can't count on that. And you can't make a habit of counting on that. Because when you do, you it's an easy miss. Those are easy easy analytical points to miss when you think oh well the game's going to go this way for sure and that's going to lead to this guy in the field well you're at the mercy of the game script the other team the substitutions of this coach of frank reich so it's dangerous if you're doing multiple lineups in dfs hell yeah rolling jonathan taylor could have some nice late game run here but i think marlon mack is the safer bet by far philip rivers actually a, a sneaky little um, cash game, maybe even a GPP quarterback for this week. You know, he's old. He doesn't run or anything, but he's going to in inferior matchups where he could just trounce. This is a game Rivers could throw three, four touchdowns, 300-plus yards at a very, very low price point. So um, from Jacksonville's perspective, don't worry about the running game. Everybody, what do you do? Divino Zigbo is on He's on IR. Guys, don't worry about it. Don't it, just ignore it. Ignore it. It's like the house. Everybody's got that one house in their neighborhood that you're pretty sure is selling meth or they're doing a lot of meth, whatever it is. You, you go up there, like, knock on the door, like, hey, what's going on in there? Why you guys have so much uh, Sudafed? I don't understand. What's all this piping for? No, just stay away from it. Go around the other side of the block. Walk on the other side of the street. What are you doing? Stay away from the Jacksonville running game for crying out loud. DJ Chark, yes. Chris Conley, sneaky. Sneaky. Deep, deep league. Flex play, sure. That's it. Nothing else in Jacksonville interests me at all. Cleveland, Baltimore. What's going to be on my biggest screen this weekend? It will be the Cleveland-Baltimore game. I can't wait to see Cleveland. I cannot wait to see Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, how that's going to go. This offensive line is so improved. Now, if it wasn't for the Baltimore Ravens improving themselves this offseason, if this was last year's Ravens team marching into Cleveland, 14-2, I would say I'd take in the Browns. I'd pick them to win. I'd take them plus the points. I'd take them on the fucking money line. All right, but this isn't the same team. The, the Ravens go out and get Derek Wolf, defensive end and tackle from the Broncos. They go get Clayus Campbell, who is one of the, he used to be one of the top five. I'll say he's, to me, I still have graded out even last year. Calais Campbell's a top 10 defensive player. I'm not talking about defensive line, I'm talking about player. He is one of the best defensive players in football. And you add that to this Ravens defense, Patrick Queen, a great middle linebacker that they took in the, in the first, first round pick, right? Yeah. Um, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith that came over, Marlon Humphrey. Now, 
big loss though. Big loss there when the uh, Earl Thomas was waived and released. Strange that he hasn't picked up anywhere. Earl Thomas, a hell of a secondary. Like that's a loss. Uh, I don't know if Deshaun Elliott. I don't know if Geno Stone, their seventh round pick. I don't know who's going to step up there. They say Deshaun Elliott's ready. Yeah, Tony Jefferson's still former Ravens, still in the waiver wire. I'm surprised they haven't made a call there. I think he's over his injury from last year. I wouldn't doubt. So there's a little kink in the armor there for the Ravens in the secondary. But that pass rush and ability to stop the run, it's going to be very interesting. But the Browns offensive line is going to be up for the challenge. I think this game is going to be pretty damn competitive. I really do. And I have the Ravens winning it. I have Cleveland starting out 0-1. But I think we're going to see some things on this Cleveland offense. And obviously, we'll be most tuned into what happens between Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Because that, that's basically everything for us, right? I mean, for all the shares I have of Nick Chubb, I want to see exactly what role he's going to have, how many touches we're going to see with Kareem Hunt. The, although, I'll also tell you this. Don't freak out. If you're like me and you have a lot of shares or even one of your main shares of Nick Chubb, don't freak out. at This game, I've said it since June. This is a game that worries me. The first game is going to be – I don't expect a lot from Nick Chubb in this game. But he carved up the Ravens last year, if you don't remember, when Cleveland wasn't even that good. So, you know, beating them last year, which uh, – oh, by the way, Cleveland did beat Baltimore. I mean, they kicked the shit out of them, 40-25. We forget about that game a lot, but uh, that was one of those where Nick Chubb, 88-yard touchdown run. I think he did three touchdowns in that game, as a matter of fact. 165 yards, three touchdowns. Um, last year against the Ravens in the first meeting. And then the second meeting, Nick Chubb, um, I don't remember what he did, actually. That was when, oh, Cream Hunt was back. Cream Hunt had, uh, it was 15 for 45 for Nick Chubb. That was it. Four catches, 33 yards for Cream Hunt. The second go-round. So, not as good. So, he he's, can't do it. He can't bust it on him, but... Um, if he gets off to a slow start, don't freak out. Don't panic, all right? Uh, Cleveland gets Cincinnati next week, and they're going to absolutely slaughter the world. Okay, they, They're going to be in all our DFS lineups in week two. Don't worry about that. Another lock of the week, L.A. Chargers visit Cincinnati. They are only three-point favorites, even because it's a road game. I love what I see from Anthony Lynn's team, another squad, beefed up their offensive line with the addition of Brian Balaga this past offseason. Um, not only did they go and get Brian Balaga, mind you, they got r- rid of Russell O'Kong, which he's just a guy's a complete and utter head case. They get Trey Turner from Carolina. So you go out, Mike Pouncey back healthy at center, Trey Turner right guard, and Brian Balaga is going to play right tackle. It's a great right side of the line all of a sudden. You know, really, really good. So great for Austin Eckler. Tyrod Taylor can make plays with his legs and his arm. We know this defense. Remember when I told you about Linval Joseph leaving Minnesota? Well, he's in L.A. with the Chargers. Ultimate run stopper right there. Him and Justin Jones. They still have John Tiller or Jerry Tillery. John, is it John? Why do I keep? Oh, no, John Theory, old linebacker from the 90s. 
got in my mind. It's Jerry Tillery. Um, the first rounder from a year ago. Still a lot of depth there. Mind you, they have Tillery, who's still developing and supposedly showed pretty well in camp this year with Linval Joseph and Justin Jones. And, oh, by the way, the pass rushers, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Pretty fucking good. Pretty good. Oh, you want some insight in what Cincinnati's doing? How about their former starting mid-linebacker, Nick Vigil, who's also here in L.A.? And first-round pick Kenneth Murray is going to play on the outside. And they bring in Chris Harris Jr. and the cornerback uh, to, go, to pair outside Casey Hayward. Pretty good. Now, Derwin James losing him is devastating. Oh, my God. That is a hardcore loss. But there's enough pass rush. There's enough coverage here. Chargers defense is going to be very, very good. And they confound rookie quarterback Joe Burrow this week. I love Austin Eckler. love Keenan Allen. Love the Chargers defense. Cincinnati, I'm not starting Burrow. Not at all. Not Probably not even a two-quarterback league, quite honestly. Super fly. I'm, no, no. Not this week. I want to see something. And this is too good of a defense. First game. It's not where I want to start Tyrod Taylor way ahead of Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon, yeah, you start him. Tyler Boyd, yeah, you start him. And then A.J. Green's on the cusp. He had his first full practice, I guess, since 2018. Today, That's t- A.J. Green's a tough one to rely on. I'll probably start him as a flex because I still believe in the talent. But my belief is, is wavering at least a little bit on that one Tampa Bay New Orleans this is the high scoring high flying affair in New Orleans we expect a shootout and everything else meanwhile these two defenses are a lot better than people give them credit for so you can't run against Sam Bay and the Dominic Sue's back and the big guy Vita VA in the middle you can't run against Tampa so you're gonna have to throw the football it's no problem for Breeze he's got Michael Thomas and his brand new weapon Emmanuel Sanders ready to go Jared Cook there, Traquan Smith, who had a great training camp. So Tampa Bay's secondary is going to be tested. Meanwhile, the new Tampa Bay offense, can they keep up? Can they keep pace with the New Orleans Saints? And this ultimately, this game, when I went through my projections and saw how I have this game going, that's the way the season is going to go for New Orleans versus Tampa Bay too. I think ultimately Tampa just doesn't have the firepower. I know Brady's very solid. Brady's good. He doesn't have the arm strength to do it. With Mike Evans banged up right now, Godwin, Scotty Miller, they're going to move the ball. They're going to be solid. They're going to be a good team, a winning team. But when you're in New Orleans, and if Drew Brees is on his game with all these weapons, I love the additional Manuel Sanders. You have to start him this week. Single coverage all game long with Michael Thomas wrapped up. Oh, boy, you're gonna, it's going to be fantastic for Manny Sanders. Has to start him. If Evans doesn't go, Scotty Miller would be the other receiver that steps up. All right. So that's how I have that game. I think the Saints win the game. I think it'll be pretty close. Probably I have it slightly over the number because the number's only 49 and a half. So I do have it at 51. But you know, that's not as high flying as it may appear to be on paper. Because I just don't think Tampa Bay's offense. Oh, and by the way, Leonard Fournette, he will be the main ball carrier for Tampa Bay pretty much all game. I don't even know if you see. You'll see Ronald Jones at the start, and you may not see him again. You may not see him again. 
that's how that goes. Arizona, San Francisco, like I said, Arizona played the 49ers real tough last year twice. This is the games in San Francisco, first of the year. DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray in his second year, Kenyon Drake, back to health. It's a lot of positive things on the Arizona side of the football. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, their first-round pick. That, By the way, for those of you who think that the Cardinals are going to be shit against the tight end again, no, they're not. It's a reason to go out and get the jack-of-all-trades uh, in Isaiah Simmons, guy who played safety and linebacker at Clemson, and now is going to play linebacker, but he's going to be all over the field for Arizona, and they are specifically going to use him on the tight end because he's great in coverage. So that's their answer right there. So don't – you still start Kittle, of course. But when you start getting into shitty tight ends against Arizona, that trick is not going to work here in 2020. I am starting – I'm not going to start Fitzgerald in this one. I'm not going to start Christian Kirk unless it's a real deep league either. Drake – uh, Hopkins, Kyler, yes, yes, yes. 49ers, Mostert's a start. Kittle's a start. None of the receivers. I don't know how this receiver. The guy who's sneakiest to me is Trent Taylor. He is going to start at the slot, by the way. But I don't know how much 11 they play. They're going to play this week. So not a lot of fantasy. It's going to be a pretty decent football game, and we're going to get production, but it's going to be centralized, which is good for fantasy when it's the, the production is right on. We know who it's going to be. It's going to be the run game of San Francisco and Mostert, maybe Tevin Coleman, but I can't start him. And it'll be George Kittle, the Arizona I went through. Sunday night, Dallas and the Rams. I don't expect a ton from the Cowboys like other people do. This game is a higher over-under than I would have given it. I can't wait to see Cam Akers on the field. I worry about this. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that that's what uh, it is all about. You know what I mean? That is all it is about. I, I think that the offensive line issues are not going to give Dak enough time to throw the ball downfield the way he would like to. Plus, you got to deal with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. It's going to be a tough game for the Cowboys, real tough game. They're favored in L.A.? Nah, give me the Rams easily in this game. Just a matchup nightmare for the Dallas side of things. You start Cup, you start Woods. Goff is just outside of my top 12 quarterbacks for this week. The Cowboys defense isn't nearly as good. Malcolm Brown will get the first carry for the Rams, but I do intend, I think Cam Akers will be the most successful guy starting in week one. And thus, I, I have him ranked slightly ahead of the other Rams running backs. I don't think it'll be a big game for Akers yet, but it'll be a good one. So there you go. Those are all the games through Sunday, everybody. That is going to do it on the pregame show here. I'll get you all week one previews, my locks of the week, my locks of the year, AFC, NFC predictions. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Want to wish each and every one of you best of luck in week one. Remember, if you disagree, that's okay. Because this is one man's opinion. Best of luck week one, everybody. Peace.